Okay, so we're currently in the middle of the discussion of Bitachon, which is the idea of trusting in a Kaddish Baruch Hu. And in the first year, you know, two weeks ago, we said that um, ideally a person should um, trust in Hashem and we should be proactive in our lives that um, as well as also not necessarily and you know not relying on miracles so rather than just having a you know hands-off approach saying oh i'll just you know trust in hashem and, and, and not be engaged at all in my life and then last week here we discussed the idea that um the two perspectives of bitachon the first which is bitachon through emuna so, um, so trust through faith which is essentially the idea that everything's going to turn out good even if a person's um, you know, um, staring at a firing squad, they should still trust Hashem can still save me, even you know, though you know, I'm supposed to die in the next 10 seconds, Hashem can still save me. And that's kind of based on faith. That's what we're going to be referring to as the first form of Bitachon. And then we discuss the second form of Bitachon, which is based on a hover. And this is saying, okay, perhaps things won't necessarily turn out for the good, perhaps bad things will happen, there will be pain and there will be suffering. However, no matter how bad things get, I will always remain close to Akadosh Baruch Hu. I will always remain, I want that, that care share and that closeness and that intimacy, even at the most difficult time, and that's something that I'll never let go. And that's what we refer to as the second um, um, view of Bitachon, kind of the, the one based off of Ahava. Now, for the context of this year, it's really, really vital that everybody understands what, what those two are. When I say, you know, the first... Um, the first type of bitachon, bitachon based off of faith, and the second type of bitachon, bitachon based off of love. So if there are any questions that you have or anything which you don't understand about those two, now's the time to ask because we're going to be discussing this year um, kind of implementations of those. So any any questions on that before we move on? Okay, excellent. So in this year we're going to be talking about um, a couple of things. Firstly, from the, we're going to discuss um, both of these elements within the context of Tehillim. We're then going to move on to discuss the idea historically of these two and how they've kind of developed and perhaps a bit of a shift in the um, Jewish hashkafic mindset over the millennia. Um, and then finally we're going to go on to um, discuss Bitachon um, today, well, um, to some extent. Now, within Tehillim, you do definitely see both. For example, in Tehillim, um, Kuf Kaf Aleph, if people were um, at Mincha today, um, it, within the Shir Hamalot alone, you, you, you have um, both of these ideas. Um, so, as I said, in Kuf Kaf Aleph, um, Shir Hamalot is a very famous one. Um, I turn my eyes towards the mountains um, from, where, from where will my help come. Help me, um, Hashem, you maker of heaven of the earth. Let me not let my foot give way. Um, your guardian will not stumble. See, the guardian of Israel um, neither slumber nor sleep. Hashem is Shmaracha. Um, Hashem um, is your guard. Um, Hashem Tzilcha um, um, Hashem is your protect um, is your protection at your right hand. Yamon Shemesh by by day, the sun will not strike you, nor the moon by light. Hashem Yishmocha Mikora, Yam Yishmoi Nashecha. Hashem will guard you from all harm. Hashem will guard your life. Hashem Yishmoi Tzachem Avrecha Metavel Zalam. Hashem will guard um, will guard your your going and and coming now and, and and forever. Which one is this? Is this number one or number two? That Hashem is going to 
um, everything's going to be okay. Hashem's going to help us. Hashem's going to um, you know, keep us safe. Or number two, that even if bad things happen, I'm still going to stay with Hashem. What do you guys think? Is that number one or number two? Yeah, number one. That very, very much is, you know, Hashem help me. Hashem's going to protect me. Hashem's going to save me. Hashem's going to, you know, everything's going to turn out okay. Don't worry. Um, and within this Shehamalot, that's very much the, the idea. However, just a few ten later in Kuflamut Aleph, so we've gone from, um, so ten later, so from um, 121 to 131. Um, yeah, this one's actually a lot shorter, so just keep Shehamalot of David, there's a, um, a Shehamalot um, um, of David. Hashem no gavali bi, Hashem, my heart is not proud, and nor is it haughty. I do not desire great things, nor um, to what is beyond. But I have taught myself um, to be content. Like a weaned child um, with its mother. Like a weaned child I am. Um, in, in, in my soul, in my mind. Yachal Yisrael el Hashem, matzav azlam. O Israel, wait for Hashem now and forever. Basically saying, look, I know, well, I know bad things might be happening. And I know that the, the um, suffering might come. And I know that there's going to be hard things coming. But yet, I'm going to stay close to Hashem. And yet, I'm going to be like a, you know, like a um, nursing child with its mother. Now, in this, you know, in, in these hymns, would you say this is number one, Hashem's going to protect us, Hashem's going to keep me safe, or and everything's going to sound good? Or is this number two, Hashem, no matter how bad things get, I'm always going to stay with you? What do you guys think? Number one or number two? Very good. Yeah. So so, so this one's very much number two. Now, um, it, it's really interesting imagery we've got here to basically say that you're like a nursing child um, with its mother. Um, because you might think at the face value that a child's only close with its mother because it's you know it wants to be protected and wants to... Um, you know, kind of be helped, so to speak. Um, that you, okay? Um, the, the, in, the world is 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 a really cold and dark and dangerous place, and really, uh, um, the you know, but his mother is you know warm and secure, and, and, and it's going to provide it with tremendous security, and it's going to help it. And that in reality, um, you, you know, this is really number one that um, we're saying actually. We're saying that the Jewish people's relationship with Akash Baruch Hu is that Hashem's going to protect us from, from everything else that's going on. This really isn't the case, that um, what really is keeping that child going isn't just the, um, the warmth and the food and everything else that his mother is giving. But really it's the, it's, it's the relationship and it's the love and it's the, the clinging that, that the child might have um, with, its, um, with its mother. Uh, they've done studies on this where they um, raise monkeys and like, they, they take it away from their mother, unfortunately, and in, um, in Romania during the communist years, they did the same thing, um, which is actually really quite horrific. Um, but when you, if you raise a young child away from its mother, and it may be you keep it warm and you give it food, and on paper everything is got everything that it needs, but without that love and without that relationship, it dies. And it's, it, it can't survive without that. A ch this child wants closeness, love, affection, attention. And so this, this you know, these tenem, they're not saying, Hashem, you're going to protect us, you're going to save us, like a mother saves its child um, from, from, from dangerous world. But rather, no, we want that closeness and that relationship and that um, closeness that we have with one, um, between the Jewish people, between us, 
um, and between you. Now, love in this context, you know, ahava in this context, isn't necessarily, is it, being defined as, um, really, it's the trust that let the Jews kind of walk out. Um, um, this is the trust that enabled the Jewish people on Pesach, you know, Yitzhi Mitzrayim, to walk out of, of the um, established civilization, the biggest um, and most prosperous civilization in the world, um, and walk out um, into, into the wilderness, into the land which is not sown. This is from um, Yeshayahu, Perik Bet, um, and Pasuk Bet. The, it, it, that level of trust, that level of Ahava, that was necessary to say, I'm going to stay with you. I'm going to be with you. I don't want to have any distance between you and Akash Baruch between me and Akash Baruch I want to be close. I want to be intimate. I want to be, be with you. And this is something which is experiential and existential, not for benefits or protection from harm. But it's rather something much, much deeper. So within the world of Tehillim, you see both of these ideas. You see both both elements. Questions? Okay. Let's talk a little bit about the history of the development between these two types of Bitachon. Now, both of these have always existed. Both of these ideas, both of these perspectives have always been there. Um, as we discussed last year, Avraham Avinu, he was somebody who really personified both. He was somebody who both trusted in Hashem that good was going to come, and Hashem was going to provide for him. In fact, he put really all his, he went all in with Hakadosh Baruch Hu that that was going to happen. And um, but also he had that tremendous um, um, sense of bitachon in the sense of ahava that he wanted to be close and intimate with with Hashem. Now, what I'm about to say, you know, historians um, perhaps um, discuss um, a lot and, and really attribute this. Um, we're going to talk about a shift and they really discuss this a lot however even within Chazal you, you definitely see this idea um, that at the time of Choron Bayit Rishon between Bayit Rishon you know, after Bayit Choron Bayit Rishon the beginning of being in Bayit Sheni there was somewhat of a shift in attitude originally you had very uh, there was a tremendous emphasis on the first type of Bitachon Bitachon based off of everything's going to turn out okay and afterwards there was more of an emphasis on the Second element. What do I mean? For example, if you look in the Gemara in Sanhedrin, Dafkuf, um, Heyam and Adam, the Gemara is talking about the. What is the Gemara talking about? The Gemara is talking about the different um, various things that happened at the times of um, by its, um, by the Chorban of Rishon, and it's discussing um, various people who don't have a Chalik in Adam Haba. And there's a couple of ideas brought in terms of the various refutations that certain individuals gave at that particular time. When there was a call to do tshuva by the Nevi'im at the time, by Zechariah and by Yechezkel. And they turned around and they said no. And they gave their reasons. And the Gemara is discussing that. And the Gemara here on um, Sanhedrin, of Kuf Hayam Adalaf, says, Amorava, tshuva and nasata hashiva Knesset Yisrael Navi, that the response that Knesset Yisrael, the Jewish people, um, gave to the Navi, um, was were really um, strong um, uh, refutations. Um, the Navi turned around to Bnei Israel and said, "Do tshuva, repent." Your fathers, your your ancestors who have sinned, where are they now? Right, they're dead. They're gone. This this life of um, that that you had. Um, of um, that's no longer here we don't have that stop acting that way it doesn't work we, we've been here and it's failed and look where it's led us 
move on, like do tshuva, guys, come back, return to 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 um to return to 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 life of kedusha. Amru lehen. Um, although the Jewish change of um, uh, Amrulo, that they said, you know, the Jewish people said back to him, said back to Zechariah, What about the Nevi'im who did not who did not sin? Um, where are they? You're turning around and you're telling me um, that, oh, I should stop um, behaving the way that I'm behaving because my ancestors who behave this way, then I'm dead. What about all the Tzadikim and all the Gedolei Hador and all the Nevi'im and all these great individuals who live the lives that you're preaching? Where are they? They're also dead. So don't tell me that there is some difference between the way that I'm acting and the way that other people are acting and the way that, that, that they acted and that one's better than the other. Shneimar, because it, it it says in the in in the pasuk. So now the Jewish people are quoting uh, this pasuk to um, have a pasuk in in Zechariah um, to him, um, or rather, rather here is rereading the first paragraph of Zechariah um, as a discussion between the two. Shneimar, avotechem ayehem v'nevi'im haloy yichyu. Your ancestors, where are they? And the prophets, do they, they do they live forever? Are you telling me that they're still here? Amalhen, so then um, Zechariah turns back to, turn, turns around to, to B'nai Israel and says, Avotechem, Chazrupod, your, your ancestors, your Avotechem, they did Shuba and they confessed their sins. Shneemar, as it says in the very next passage in Zechariah, um, um, but the warnings and the decrees and which I have charged um, all of my servants, my prophets, basically so can then go on to show that the um, the people of that generation had had um, had done shiva, and Rabbi here is saying that they were refusing, um, the Jewish people were refusing um, Zechariah's plea to do shiva because they said. We have no cash. We're, um, you, you, you said to us that if we do good things, Hashem will provide for us. This is the, the first view of, of, of Itahan. And yet, whether, or, whether we were good or whether we were bad, the same thing ended up happening either way. And therefore, and therefore it's this sort of rejection um, of Bitachon as Emona. The Gemara goes on to say, Amashmo. Ba'u asara b'nei Adam, there were ten people who came in front of Yechezkel and said to him, So then Yechezkel said to these ten men, Do Shiva, return. So then these ten said back to him, If you have a slave who has been sold to another master, or you have a woman who has been divorced from a husband, this servant has nothing to do anymore with the, the, the previous owner. The wife is completely disconnected now from the husband. And they, they, there's no claim, there's no um, responsibility, there's no relationship left there. What does this mean? Before we were, we had, we were in a relationship with Akadosh Baruch Hu, from Brit Ben Ambatarim, from, from Brit Harasinai, we were God's chosen people. We were in a relationship with him. We were special. We were with him. We were connected with him. And what's Akash Baruch Hu just done? He's thrown us out of his land like a woman's been sent out of her husband's house. And he's destroyed the base of Mikdash and he's sold us to another king. We're now under Nebuchadnezzar instead of under, under him. 
HaKadosh Baruch Hu has effectively terminated our relationship. He's destroyed it. And just like the base of Mikdash was was lit up in flames and now remains nothing but ash on the ground, so too our relationship with him has gone up in flames and, and is ash on the ground. There is nothing left. We no longer ha- we're no longer with him. We trust in HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We had a mother that he would save us and that he'd be there for us and he's not anymore. He's turned, our backs on, he's turned his back on us and we no, we're no longer his chosen people. Our... Our, our Brit, our relationship that we have with him is gone. It's done. It's finished. No more. Amalah Kaddish Baruch Nabi. So Kaddish Baruch turned around to Yechezko and said, Lechem Olen, go and quote the following Pasuk, Pasuk in Yeshayahu to them. Now the reason why Yeshua, one of the reasons Yeshayahu was so um, significant was because he said everything that he said like, two, like 100 years before Choroban Abayi. It's not like um, Yeshaya who you know who who wrote things um, after who wrote I mean he he spoke a lot before um, Chorban Abayit, um, but he also spoke um, some of the things which he wrote down was after Chorban Abayit, and sometimes when you're in a very diff- difficult time, um, and and you, you you might say things people will say you're only saying that to make me feel better you're only saying that because of the situation you're just trying to cover up. Um, however, the fact that Yeshayahu was saying these things well before Nebuchadnezzar, you know, had even been born and well before um, Baba was, was this great power or um, threatening to invade, he was predicting these things and he was saying, look, this is what's going to happen, but don't misinterpret what's going to happen. And Yeshua said, You guys, you're going to turn around and you're going to make a claim that I've divorced you. But if you want to have a, if you're divorced, you get, a, you have a get, you have a, a safer creator, you have a, a physical document that says, yes, we've married, no more, we're finished. Where's our get? We have a, um, um, a, a tuba, so to speak. That's you've got, we've got the Torah, where where it says, Akash Baruch Hu saying, I am your chosen people, you are my chosen people, and we're in a relationship together. Where is our safer creator? Where's our get? Where's our divorce documents? If you're going to go go ahead and say that we're no longer um, related in that way, or me nisui, I'm Hashem Macharti, I'm and if you're going to turn around and say that you've I've sold you to another, I'm, I'm like a, a master who sold you to, to to another owner. Who have I sold you to? Where you know where? Um, where if, if you're going to say that's the that these are the cases um, that that I've sent you away. Where is your proof for this? It was because of your sins that I had to sell you off. It was because of your um, because of because of the um, of a knot that I've had to send you off. Um, and your mother's was um, was dismissed for crimes. In other words, I haven't I've I've had to send you out into exile, but I'm not perm- I, It's not that I've permanently got rid of my relationship with you. I still have this kesha. I still have the, um, we still have this brit. I just have to send you away for a little bit. It's a temporary separation. This isn't permanent. Don't think that for a second that that's the case. And therefore, so we had Rav saying before um, that they said, you know, we trusted you and, and, and this didn't work. And therefore, they're kind of rejecting um, view number one, which they had previously. Um, and Shmuel's now saying they, they, they tried to reject number two, saying we no longer have a relationship. But, but Yechezkel and, and, and Yesha, quoting Yeshayahu is saying, actually, no, I still do have a relationship with you. And therefore, really beginning to emphasize number two. And from this Gemara, we can see that there is a big shift. There's beginning to be a shift in attitude from um, Hakash Baruch Hu as uh, Bitachon being number one. 
that I've got the, you know, throwing one of everything's going to turn out okay. There's now becoming the shift that no, what is Bitakon that I have a relationship with Akash Baruch No matter where I am, no matter what's happening around me, I still have that connection. I still have that connection. I still have that connection. Before by before the previous thousand years, since you may um, you see it in Israel, you it was much much easier to have Bitakon, especially within the first. Because you had the foundations of national and yeah, you, you had the national and religious frameworks. You you, you had um, a, a Jewish king, and there, there was tremendous you know there were victories from time to time, and essentially there was this infrastructure around you that would enable you to have that kind of pitzachon. That don't worry, everything's going to end up okay. However, after the korban b'ayirishon, where you no longer had a place um, to you know get kapara for, for 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 your sins, and you no longer um, have these foundations that don't worry everything's going to be okay and that you're surrounded and you're in a Jewish country and you've got a Jewish king and you're you know and you've got a country which is um, emphasized around um, that sense of bitachon. Now that that's all destroyed, how can you necessarily have that sense of bitachon anymore? And the answer is you're right. That first sense of bitachon isn't necessarily appropriate. However, the second one very much is, and as a consequence, at that point in in, in history which was really an incredibly, incredibly dark and challenging time for Klal Yisrael, there, was, there began to be this shift um, to some extent from um, I trust Nakash Baruch Hu that he will always save me to I trust Nakash Baruch Hu, I'll never leave him. Jacob? Because that's, cause the, the, the first form of Bitalchon is I trust Nakash Baruch Hu, everything's going to end up okay. Hakash Baruch is going to help me. Hakash Baruch is going to save me. I think there's an emphasis here on the fact that Christ Yisrael effectively hit rock bottom. That no matter how bad things got, at least they had the base of Mikdash, at least they still had um, a Jewish king, at least they were still in Eretz Yisrael, etc., etc. But at this point, and if you, especially if you read like Sefer Eichar, etc., it's Hashem has completely abandoned us, Hashem has completely forsaken us, and that we have nothing left. Like Hashem Baruch, who has, um, you know, for all intents and purposes, he's divorced us, he sold us off, he's wiped his hands with us, we're no longer his chosen people, we're completely, completely gone. And that was very much the sentiment at the time. That makes sense. Okay. Now, in Tinim Kafbet, um, I guess it's a, a, a bit topical being Shushan Purim because uh, um, Chazal actually attribute this um, to um, to Esther, which is obviously after the time, after the destruction of the first base of Megdash. Um, Eli, Eli, my God, my God, Lama Azavtani Rechok Mishuati Divrei um, Shagati. Why have you abandoned me? Why so far um, have you? Um, de- uh, why so far from delivering me um, from my anguish, from my my, my crying out? Um, my God, I cry by day, um, and you do not answer me. And by night, and you, uh, and have no respite. Um, there's nothing. But you, you know, you are Kadosh, the Holy One, um, um, Yoshev Tilot Yisrael, enthroned 
the, the, the praise of Israel. Um, in you, our fathers trusted. Um, they trusted and you rescued them. You have cried out and they escaped. Um, they, 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 they trusted you. And they were not disappointed. Hakarish Baruch when in the past we've cried out to you as Jewish people and you've come for us, you've you protected us and you've saved us and you've helped us. You were there for us. And now we're in this foreign land and we don't have our base in and we're rock bottom. Where are you? You're not helping us. You, 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 you're nowhere to be seen. This first form of trust, Hakarish Baruch with everything's going to end up, is deteriorating and it's crumbling in front of us because at this point in time, there is, there, there is, there, there is no hope. After Chorban Bayit Rishon, Surely we bear no responsibility towards the former relationship with Hashem. Surely we're, we're just completely detached. And surely that there is nothing left and we're completely um, um, separated from, from, from Hashem. But for all intents and purposes, we're not Jew, Jews anymore. Our relationship is, is gone. It's all over. It's done. And the very answer that happens, that comes up at this time, that the, the we saw in, in the Gemara and that we, we see um, in, uh, in the Nevi'im at the time, and the key message, and more instrumentally, that what um, Yeshayahu um, had, had predicted previously and had, had foretold us um, a century before, saying, this is what you're going to be thinking at the time, but that's not the case. You're not, it's not over. There is, it's not your divorce, it's not that you're separated and that um, you're, you're sold away and that there's no left. You still have a relationship with Akash Baruch It isn't over. In Yechezkel, um, Kaf, um, Perak Kaf, um, Pasuk Lamed, um, Lamed Bet and Lamed Gimel, we say, um, and Yechezkel was in, um, Yechezkel was in Bavel, um, at the time after, like around, or just after Chobram Bayes, um, Rishon, I believe. Um, V'ha, um, al Rochachem. Um, and what have you um, in mind um, shall never come to pass. Like what you're thinking won't happen. Um, when you say um, we will be like the other nations, right? Families that worship um, the lands and, and worshiping stones and, 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 and wood. Right, we're going to just worship our Yeah, you know, when we're in Israel, you know, then we'll worship the Jew, the Hebrew God. When we're in Baba, we'll we'll worship the Babylonian gods. Hashem is saying, "Chai ani nom Hashem," as I live, declares Hashem. Im lo I will reign over you with a strong arm and uh, with a strong hands and outstretched arm. And with overflowing fury, I will reign over you. No matter where you are, no matter what you're doing, I will always be your king. I will always be your God. I will always be there with you. And we will always have that safe, uh, that special relationship. As Jewish people, we really began to realize that we're not just from the Brits Bain Hatarim, which is um, you know, between Makash um, Baruch and Abraham. Um, in in Breshit, um Tedva, but we're also Zera Abraham um, Ohavi. We're also from the descendants of of, of Abraham, uh, descendants of my beloved Abraham, right? as we we see in Shahu, um 
Perikmem Aleph Pasochet. Abraham Avi. The the type of relationship that we have isn't just one of uh, isn't just a um, contractual relationship that we you know I we give him we give our Baruch Hu things and he gives us stuff back, but rather it's Zerai Abraham Ohavi, the one who loved me, the one I love him. It's a master of Ahava. It is possible to say, um, Kel, um, refer to Akash Baruch Hu as Kel Gadol Gibo Venora, the God who is great, mighty, and awesome. Even when enemies are forced to destroy his base Hamikdash and to enslave his people, as uh, we discussed in the Gemara in, in, in Yom Adaf, some um, of Bet, it is possible to have a deep abiding faith in Akash Baruch Hu, even on the Harot Babel, even by the rivers of Babylon, no matter where we are. Hakash Baruch still loves us and we're still going to be his, his chosen people. Our faith is strengthened. We can trust him independently of external objective factors. Jacob, similar to what you were saying. We should, we should always be able to trust him independently of external objective factors. This is why, we, we, and this is why in those times, in the times of Hakash Barosh, we re-accept the Torah. What are we doing? We're not, um, what does it mean we're re-accepting the Torah? Um, in light of what we've just said. Before we accepted the Torah, with, in the context of the first view, based on um, Emona, and from the perspective of, um, you know, Akash Baruch Hu, um, we accept the Torah, and then you'll provide for us, and you'll take care of us, etc., etc. And that was the primary focus. However, when Klali Shah re-accepted the Torah, in the May Akashverosh, um, um, in the times of Mordechai for Esther, and at this time, during the after Chorban Bayit Risha, having had this pivotal um, philosophical shift, we're now turning around saying we accept the Torah not not as Hakadosh Baruch Hu, you're going to save us, Hakadosh Baruch Hu, you're going to look after us, Hakadosh Baruch Hu, you know everything's going to be okay. As Hakadosh Baruch Hu, no matter where we are, no matter what we're doing, no matter what happens. I will always be with you, I'll always love you, and I will always try and be close to you, no matter where, no matter when, no matter how bad things get. The Rambam, after citing the, um, the, the people's argument um, that they were um, like slaves whose master sold them um, to, to, to somebody else, um, on that, the, uh, the Rambam um, comments, so this is in the, uh, the Rambam on the Sechet Shabbat stuff, Pechet Amad so when, um, therefore, at the time when um, everybody was coming back in, in, in the second coming, right? In the times of Ezra, when people were returning from Babel back to Eretz Yisrael, they stood up by themselves. They accepted the Torah on their own accord, without objections and without complaints. I'd say if it's, you know, Jews accepting something without complaining, it's, um, you know, it's quite impressive. And this is, um, with reference to what happened in the days of Achash Farosh, um, that they went out from, from, from being dead to, to, to coming to life, to being alive. And this was more precious in their eyes than Yitziat Mitzrayim, than coming out of Egypt. The fact that they had this the, uh, this um, this hashkafic shift, this philosophical shift from Hashem is here to protect us to we are here to, 
and, and we're here to, to, to benefit from, you know, and Akash Baruch is going to save us and we're going to get things out from of Akash Baruch And then shifting towards the emphasis of we are here to love Akash Baruch we are here to be with Akash Baruch no matter what. That was so fundamental. It was considered a, um, you know, they're, they're, they're being recovered the Torah. And this was, again, according to the Rambam, that this is more precious in their eyes than Yitziat Mitzrayim. It's very, very powerful what, um, what he's saying. The Jewish people learned that even when re-establishing a state in, you know, times of the beginning of um, Bayat Shani, the undertaking is accomplished not through might, not through power, but through my spirit. Zachariah Dalit um, above. Since that time, these very lessons have remained with us and have strengthened us in difficult hours. Khorban Bayashani and the destruction of the, the, the second um, you know, state power that we had at that time did not undermine our national faith and trust, our Amuna and Abitakon. Um, as in the same way that the Chorban Bayerishon did. For close to 2,000 years, although we underwent great trials and tribulations, and you know, to some extent we, we still do, although uh, Baruch Hashem, nothing like we did you know, just a few decades ago, we still remain attached to HaKash Baruch Hu, trusting in Him, yearning for Him, sustained by Him as a result. Because of that shift from um, emphasising this first form of Pitachon, it's emphasizing the second. Questions? Okay. Um, before I begin the next thing, I think I'm going, because I've only got a couple of minutes left on this Zoom meeting, I'm going to log off, look back on. I'll see you guys back here in a minute. Just give the guys a second to come back. Should we give Avi another minute or so to come back or should we carry on? Ah, sure. Okay, let's talk a little bit about Bitachon today. Now, I'm, I mean more broadly within the, you know, within, um, within the society that we're living in. Um, now, just for context, 
all I'm about to say is uh, uh, I'm paraphrasing a, a sure lecture that was originally delivered actually in Hebrew. Um, it's a conference for senior educators in the Dati Lomi um, school um, system in Israel. Um, and what I'm saying is an adaption, um, adaptation which is based um, on transcript which was published in Elul of 1974 by the Ministry of um, Education in Israel. Um, so just bear that in mind that what I'm saying um, is within the con is from, from, from the 70s um, in Israel. And I know that things are a bit different in London in 2021. Um, however, I think a lot of the fundamental messages are still true. Ravel was saying, while we should generally try to maintain a balance between the optimistic bitachon of faith and the steadfast bitachon of love, so that's number one and then number two, um, there are historical periods where it seems um, that the latter type of bitachon um, is really on the verge of disappearing completely um, and therefore needs to strengthen um, the special reinforcement that um, we, we emphasize too much Hashem will help us, Hashem will protect us, but not I need to love Akash Baruch Hu and be and, and no matter what happens, try and stay with him. Although this although it sounds paradoxical, um, Rav Aaron says, I, I think that in our own periods, right to the moment, um, which has witnessed the rebirth of the states of Israel, um, is actually one of those times. All of the religious and national hopes and aspirations which arose at the dawn of the state um, tends to draw us completely towards faithful trust. Hakash Baruch Hu is going to give us stuff, Hakash Baruch Hu is going to provide us and protect us. While the second approach of loving trust, right, Bitsachon through Ahava, um, was kind of pushed to the side. In other words, today we have, um, a, there's an emphasis on um, very much the first type, that Hashem is going to give, you know, uh, protect us. Um, however, not so much of Hakash Baruch Hu, I'm going to be with you no matter what. Perhaps this is due to the fact um, that under favourable conditions, um, it is more difficult to demand religious self-sacrifice. Um, it is much easier to dismiss um, um, this world and to adopt, you know, kind of like Olam Haba and, and, and focus on um, spirituality, uh, kind of spirituality when there isn't that much um, to lose in your life, right? If, if your entire wealth consists of a single metal spoon, um, it's, very, it, it's much easier to say, um, to, to say, okay, I'm going to be mavatal and I'm not going to be emphasizing um, your physicality, so to speak. In contrast, for a person to birds, um, who is burdened with many possessions, um, disdain for the material realm is much, much more difficult. It is possible um, that our almost exclusive embrace of the first aspect of trust um, is produced by our continuous um, um, accomplishments with the rise of expectation, um, with raised expectations uh, even further. Now, this was taking place you got just after the Six Day War and after the Yom Kippur War, where um, you know Medina, where the where the state of Israel had been um, expanded and had been very successful. Um, although unfortunately the Yom Kippur War did definitely take a toll, we fundamentally were able to um, to win that. We, we you know the, the the Syrians weren't successful at pushing through, um, and as a consequence, they Ravan saying that we're kind of riding this wave of optimism. Um, perhaps the popularity of the teachings of Rav Cook, which is really suffused um, as suffused as they are with national and cosmic optimism. And are partially responsible. Um, in other words, the reason why we have this emphasis on number one today is because we're very successful and things are going well for us, and therefore it's very easy to have trust in Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Um, Hashem, you know, I trust that you're going to help us and that everything's going to be okay, given what's happened since 1948. Whatever the cause, the phenomenon is clear. The equilibrium between the two aspects of trust 
um, has been lost within the um, Dati Lumi community in Israel, the, the religious Zionist movements in, within, within Israel. This fact was and is reflected within the educational system as well. Um, we inculcate the ideas of faith and trust, redemption, hope and expectation very well, but we neglect to teach the values of loving trust, of cleaving to Hakash Baruch Hu without hesitation under all circumstances. We did not um, fortify um, our children um, or ourselves um, concerning the possibility of crisis, conveying that um, the song of Hashem should even be sung on the rock Babel, even on the river, by the rivers of Babylon. Even when times are bad, we should still keep up our Yiddishkeit and, and, and keep up our Kesha with Hakash Baruch We did not allow ourselves to wrestle with the possibility of national setbacks. In other words, saying that we do not focus that there is it's possible for bad things to happen, that there will be suffering and pain and, and Hashem won't, it won't always turn out okay. And therefore, we, and as a consequence, we haven't um, um, really taught and emphasized this second element of Bitachon, that we always need to be there with HaKadosh Baruch We talked to our students about um, the human comedy, and, and, but we never talked about human tragedy. And do you guys know in, in, lit in um, literature what comedy and tragedy are? Say again. Uh, yeah, um, I've heard jokes about um, um, about that, like in tragedy also. But um, it's um, but yes, essentially the structure of a um, of a comedy is that things start off um, you know going downhill, you hit rock bottom, but then you come back up again, and perhaps even higher than um, higher than before. And um, so it's kind of like the down and up. However, the idea of um, tragedy is you start off here and it just goes all the way down and you, you don't, um, you, you never come back up again. And really we've talked about, and, and the, the, the kind of stories that we emphasize are um, stories where, yeah, we, we have these problems, but then we, then we came back I and mean, we just had Purim. And Purim to some extent is, um, is a comedy. It's, it's a sense where, um, the you know the Jewish people Haman came to try to um, try to kill us so you know we're going downhill. Um, however, then you know we you know Hachashverosh um, changed his mind and, and and through the help of Mordechai and Esther we were able and you know, we 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 fasted we did Jew, we you know we fought and we were able to come back again. And these are the kind of stories that we emphasize. However, the ones which are tragedy where it's only downhill, um, both on an individual and also on the collective plane, we don't really discuss that very much. And that's really where the second form of Bitachon um, is really emphasised and, and is needed. Um, we did succeed in nurturing in the younger generation um, to be ready and be willing to make personal sacrifices for the sake of um, the nation and for the land. Just for example, you know, going to the army and you know, putting yourself in, in harm's way in order to protect other people. Um, all of this was accomplished, however, while riding this wave of optimism um, that would um, that all would work out because the process of redemption of, of Gula um, was ultimately unfolding. Um, the engine um, of this um, process was faithful trust, right? Number one, that everything's going to be okay. Um, and it found expression on the individual um, as well as on the national. And that even though, and the, the suffering that an individual um, might uh, feel um, was, it was okay, not necessarily because no matter how bad things get, I'm always going to be with Akadosh Baruch but rather because, oh, it's all for the greater good. Although I might personally be suffering the nation as a whole is still is still pushing forward, um, and that the only suffering that that was being taught wasn't suffering number two, 
uh, you know, based off relationship with Akash Baruch Hu, but suffering number one, that this is a setback, but ultimately everything's still going to end up okay. Ravaran continues, I fear, however, um, that today we are the, we are beginning to pay the price um, for s- this skewing of values, right? Emphasizing number one over number two. We are now, um, and now is really the time to rectify the error. Our obligation is to redirect our focus from embracing loving, uh, towards embracing loving trust, right? Number two, um, to um, acknowledge that we are ready to hold tight to Takaj Barahu because he is our steadfast rock and let the chips fall where they may. Right, that we'll cling to Akash Baruch Hu and what happens happens. It might be good, it might be bad, but no matter what, we're still going to be with him. We must deal with the tragic um, um, dimension of trust, and um, to renew the spirits of. Um, although he may slay me, I will still um, I um, I will still trust him. Right, what we discussed um, last week in in Eof quite a bit. Um, this expresses the essence um, of Jewish trust in the face of tragic in the face of tragic situations. The the the, the fundamentally when times are difficult. We still we have that num- we have that second element of bitachon. We have that sense of Hashem is always with us and that we're always going to be with Him. I hope that my words are not um, misconstrued to mean that we um, abandon number one, that we abandon faith of trust. Personally, I'm not brimming um, with um, with belief that um, God will not abandon His people, and that our na- national existence um, in the Holy Land is um, is secure. Right, Rav is saying that. Um, he's he's not. Um, he doesn't think that Karsh Baruch is going to abandon us. Um, he he says, um, I do my utmost to pass on this belief to to, to, to my children and my students. Um, at the same time, um, I feel must I feel I must simultaneously um, instill in them loving trust, not as a spiritual insurance policy um, in case of crisis, but rather because um, sacrifice. Um, and connectedness to God are essential, are essential in their own right. Even under the most favourable of circumstances, you still need number two. The ability to trust during suffering is important for a person, even when he thinks difficult times do not lie on the horizon. In other words, even though things might be good, we still need number two. And the, the way that we should be doing this isn't necessarily that, um, it, you know, to, it's not a zero-sum game. That it's not that in order to increase um, our amounts of bitachon from ahava, we should therefore need to reduce the amounts from um, um, of ahava from emuna. But rather, you know, we should try to you know raise them both up. Um, and the second thing that he's saying is that we need this um, uh, um, bitachon um, from ahava, the second version of um, bitachon, um, not as another number one. That oh, um, number one is is great because if bad times come, then. It helps you um, to, to kind of cope with the situation. And if number one fails, then at least you've got number two to rely on. It's not that Bitachon from Mahava is just um, another deeper, more profound way of you know, getting through the difficult times. But rather, it's something which is valuable in and of itself. Even in the good times, we should have this. I also hope that my words um, are not taken um, to imply a um, devaluation on suffering or the negation um, of pain um, of um, tribulation. Um, Ravan then goes on um, and quotes a writer who says that Christianity is, um, is, is a religion above and beyond tragedy um, tears as well um, as death um, are swallowed up in triumph in other words um, you know, Christianity tries to, 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 to numb people um, with tragedy don't worry you'll, you, you'll, you'll see them you know, when you die as well they're not gone forever it's okay and, and tries to kind of um, dampen down 
um, suffering. This is because for Christianity, suffering um, is transformed by um, becoming a foundation um, for personal redemption. And to be stated explicitly, Yiddishkeit is not beyond tragedy, nor does it swallow up any form of suffering. In the Jewish tradition, um, the Jewish tradition educates that a person, um, a person really to accept suffering, um, but also to complain about it. When a person is um, in, in Abelus, what does Halacha tell them to do? doesn't tell them, you know, to have philosophical detachment, say, oh, don't worry, you know, um, it doesn't really matter, or stoic fortitude, or even open arm joy, like, yeah, let's try and celebrate their life, etc. And the response which Halacha mandates is that a person grieves, is that a person is, um, a person, you know, needs to, to, to confront um, the suffering that, that, that they're perhaps going through um, when, when they're faced by a loved one's death. As the Ramban writes in his introductions to works, his, his um, you know, work on the halachas of, of Avelut, um, Torah Adam, he says, strength of heart um, in this matter, right? So saying, you know, kind of toughening up and holding back the tears and, 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 and not facing your emotions and just trying to put on a brave face and push through it anyway. That's the path to rebelliousness. However, softness of heart, really opening yourself up and really um, letting it sink in and, you know, letting your emotions flow, so to speak. Um, softness of heart is a path of confession of unrepentance, of truth of The Jewish tradition teaches that a person, uh, teaches the person to respond to suffering and um, to be educated through his or her experience of it, but certainly not to downplay or neglect it. Use it to, to, to build you up, but don't ignore it. Don't try to, to suppress it and, and push it down. Let us rec- recognize the magnitude of the pain and suffering. Let us also continue to trust in and cleave to Akash Baruch. In other words, Judaism doesn't try to downplay suffering. Now, there's a bit of a contradiction. The attributes within within Bitachon, in, in fact, it could be described, described as antinomic. I.e., it, it contains conflicting aspects. On the one hand, it demands a person to be convinced and 100% sure that everything Hashem's going to assist me and everything's going to be completely fine. Right? That's view number one. Everything's going to be okay. But on the second hand, it also demands that a person um, be prepared um, for the time when, you know, Shalom, help does not, is not forthcoming. And Akash Baruch doesn't save us at the last minute. And that, there is a bit of a contradiction there. That this, um, and that it is antinomic, the fact that there are these internal contradictions within Bitachon makes it more difficult to teach. But the model nonetheless still exists. Right? There is an internal contradiction within Bitachon. And this internal contradiction is hard to teach. However, like many other dualities within 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 Yiddishkeit, you know, Ahava and Yira, and you know, all these other different kinds of um, seeming um, contradictions or, or dualities, um, it, it, it still exists, and we should recognize it. Let us recall that our tradition preserves um, the accounts of the the towering and heroic figure Rabbi Akiva. He was full of hopeful trust. And, and optimism, right? He was full of number one. Convinced the Jewish people would be restored to sovereignty and spiritual greatness in their land. Um, this is Rabbi Akiva, by the way, who, um, well, everybody, when they went to go and see Harabite after it had been destroyed, all, all the Chachamim uh, were there. Um, all the Chachamim were crying, seeing the Chorban. And Rabbi Akiva was laughing with joy. I'm sure you guys know the story. He was laughing because he said, if the prophecies, if the Nevoah talking about the destruction of the base of Middash have come true, so too will all the, the prophecies talking about the Sofiyam and Yimei Mashiach and how great those times will be. 
and the fact that I'm seeing these terrible prophecies come true only strengthens my faith that these other great prophecies will come true as well. He was full of optimism. He saw the foxes walking across the face of Migdash. In the sound of the Bar Kokhba advanced, uh, advancing footsteps. Do you guys know who Bar Kokhba was? Um, Avi Benji. Uh, just very quickly, Bar Kokhba, who lived in about the year 120, um, so after the destruction of the first base of Migdash, um, he started to lead a rebellion against Rome. And he started, and um, he was actually quite successful um, to the point that just actually just by where the yeshiva is. Go on. Masada. I think Masada. Ma Did they use Masada? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. They. they I, I think Masada might have been them. I can't quite remember. Um, but Rabbi Akiva proclaimed, Bar Kokhba was the Mashiach. Guys, you know, we're going to have our next um, Gula. Uh, this is going to be it. But of course, Bar Kokhba wasn't. Um, and when he, when Rabbi Akiva heard you know, Bar Kokhba coming, saying, you know, he heard the approaching and um, the approaching herald of the Messianic redemption. Um, he was incredibly optimistic. But on the other hand, his life was the paradigm of loving trust, of bitachon through Ahava, number two. Um, and he literally fulfilled um, the, um, the, the, the Pasuk in Eov, um, though you may slay me, I will still trust in you. Um, you know the story of how he had his face peeled off when he was died? You know about his execution? Rabbi Akiva, he, um, he died 120. He had a very beautiful face. Um, and the daughter of um, the, the Roman governor, um, um, Turnus Rufus, who had executed him, um, basically said, um, "It's such a shame to see such a you know such a man with such a beautiful face being being killed." So whilst Rabbi Akiva was alive, they they said that they were. Um, he said, "Fine. So if you want to keep his face, keep his face." And whilst he was alive, they skinned him alive. Um, incredible, incredible pain. Um, Rabbi Akiva hoped. Um, he, um, he anticipated the, um, the best and believed, and they would transpire. Yet, when this did not come to pass, when he was faced with cruelty and a painful death um, in, um, in this last and most bitter hour, he smiled at that such tremendous difficult time. Um, as, um, as he explained to Turnus Rufus, the wicked Roman governor, um, his smile was not an indication of belittling the suffering, as you might think in terms of you know, um, num uh, Betachon number one, Betachon Be'emunah. But rather it was a sign of, greater, um, of, of this great Betachon that no matter what happens, Hakash Baruch I still love you. As you show me, Brachot Chetz Chetz Hey, sorry Tet Hey, Perak Tet Mishnah Hey. Just by the way, we mentioned um, Bar Kochba. Um, there's a there, there's sorry, I think it's with Chaim Brisk. Um, he was on the train, and there was the Yeshiva Bachor sitting just in front of him, and there was a Christian missionary trying to speak to the Yeshiva Bachor, trying to convince him to convert to Christianity, and um, you know, Rukhaim's like listening into this conversation. And it got to a point where the Yeshiva Bachot didn't really know how to answer some of the questions. Uh, just by the way, there are answers to these questions, but unless you know them, be careful because they know more than you think that they do. Um, they and Rav Chaim um, kind of like you know taps the missionary on his shoulder and says, um, "Can I ask, how do you know the Bar Kochba was in Mashiach? How do you know Shabtai Seals in Mashiach?" And um, the missionary goes, "Isn't obvious. They're dead. They died." How could they be the Mashiach if they died? And um, Rav Chaim turned around and said, exactly, and moved on.
because obviously who they claim to be Mashiach also died. Um, we've just been discussing Rabbi Akiva. It's important questions to ask. Do we, do we succeed in following Rabbi Akiva's example? Do we... Um, um, Ramon says, I suspect that the movement that bears his name, you know, B'nai Akiva, which, by the way, B'nai Akiva in, in Israel in the 1970s is very, very different to the B'nai Akiva you'll see in the UK today. Um, very, very different organization. Um, but the, this movement that bears his name tends to emphasize the first aspect of Rebbe Akiva's faith, much more so than the second. Um, this, in turn, is a reflection of our spiritual and um, educational states in general. Um, I think now is a good time to stop, almost exactly an hour after the starting time. Um, next week, we'll talk, um, we'll, we'll finish off the conversation of Pitachon. Um, it's quite interesting, we'll talk about um, Pitachon within um, education. So Ravan's just mentioned the idea that um, the way that we're teaching Pitachon is wrong. Um, we're emphasizing the first more so than the second, and so we're going to discuss that a bit more uh, next week. Um, but also we've got um, I've got here the um, the Q and A the, the 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 questions and the answers and the answers that were given um, when he actually gave this this lecture um, and perhaps we can discuss this um, a little bit more next week. So next week we'll Bezrat um, finish off the concept of Bitachon. Um, any questions? Sure. Okay. Um, just very quickly. 